Hallelujah. Well, I'm excited. Had fun yesterday. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bunch of Harley riders and hallelujah. Had fun in the Word. Fun talking Jesus. Hallelujah. All the testimonies we heard yesterday. We are going to the book of Hebrews, chapter 12 today. Hebrews, chapter 12. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm going to read the first couple verses. It just says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness. Now, therefore, you know, when you see the word therefore, you always got to stop and see what it's there for. But it's always obviously connecting you to something prior to that. Okay, not, I didn't necessarily pass English, but I at least know that much. And um, it refers to the fact that we just got done talking about all of our, or many of our patriarchs of faith in chapter 11. You know, we, you know, we call them maybe the Faith Hall of Fame there. And, uh, you know, all the great men and women of God that, you know, walked in faith and confidence and assurance and trust in God. And as a result of it, amen, they accomplished certain things. It says, therefore, we also, right? Since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight, okay? And uh, that just means any kind of burden or hindrance, okay? Look at your neighbor and say, lay aside every weight. And the sin, smile real big at him, say, you know. Do it again. Smile at him, just smile. Just, you know. You know. Yeah. Lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. I mean, that's what it'll do, man. You know, that, you know those kind of weights and burdens and hindrances and, and sin. And, and, you know, the word sin, you know, is a word that, that uh, is defined in Scripture. In uh, James 4, it says that it's to know to do good and not to do it. You know, most time we just think it's talking about, you know, uh, you know sinful living in the sense of, you know, conduct or, uh, you know, things like that, you know, fleshly type things, which it does involve that, obviously. But uh, a lot of times, too, it's, it's other things, things like uh, complacency. Ooh, she's right out of the chutes, man. I got Wow. Boom. Yeah, well, sometimes that's stuff like that, negativity, uh, you know, criticisms. We can kind of go on and on and on with a list that nobody likes. And uh, the problem is it's stuff that we know better, but we still do it. So sometimes we're guilty of some of them kind of things. And we're not here to condemn. It's just the facts. And he says you, sometimes you just got to lay that stuff aside. It isn't worth it. It trips you up. I said it trips you up. So you might as well just stay fervent for God, love God, move toward God, and, and run the race you're called to run. Amen? Amen? You know, uh, Friday night, we one of the words of the Lord that came forth was uh, to, uh, uh, we're talking about running a race, and the, the Spirit of the Lord brought out, says that we're called to um, listen to His voice, right? Hear His voice, right? See His face, and know His heart. And if you'll do that, you'll run your race. It'll happen, praise God, just by listening and seeing and knowing Amen. It'll open the door for you to, to run this race like you're supposed to. And how many know, uh, even though many of you had some glorious uh, you know, testimonies, 
Many of you came into the kingdom with some, you know, some great things that happened, you know, zing, zang, pow, wah, something happened. Mine um, was pretty boring. Uh, you know, I, I got saved driving down the road, you know, because some things I heard in some messages the week prior. And, and so one day I'm just driving down the road. And I said, all right, you know, if you can do anything with this guy, here I am. And obviously it's stuck, praise the Lord. Well, at least most, most think it's stuck. Um, but it did, amen. But some people had glorious, you know, beginnings and they had some, you know, phenomenal thing that happened and there was no mistake that you're different, uh, you know, than you were, you know, 13 seconds ago. And that's wonderful. But how many know it doesn't matter how well you got started? What matters is are you going to finish? Are you going to finish this thing? So look at your neighbor and say, you got to be a finisher. Hallelujah. So he goes on and says, let us lay aside every weight, the sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance. Amen. Everybody say endurance. I mean, no, this isn't a sprint. Come on. Oh, this, is, this is a long, I mean, with endurance, the race that is set before us. Now, obviously, it's set before you. Amen. So then verse uh, 2, it goes on and says, looking, that's how you do it, looking unto Jesus. He's not asking you to do this on your own. He's asking you to run your race. He's asking you to bear your cross. He's asking you to do your thing, to resist your enemy, do this thing, amen, do what you're called to do, but we do it looking unto Him. Why? Because He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the one that originated it. He's the one that perfects it, praise God. He's the one, praise God, that knows how it's supposed to be done. So we look to Him. We keep uh, our attention on Him. In fact, that word look there, or looking, is a word that means to consider attentively, to focus upon. All right. In other words, to direct one's attention upon. That's what it means to focus. All right. So to focus upon or to consider attentively. All right. So looking unto Jesus, in other words, staying focused on Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, stay focused. Focused on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, the point being is that he was focused on what he had to do. He did that. Come on, accomplish it because he was focused. So he's just asking you, if you want to finish, you're going to have to stay focused. Amen. The Amplified uh, in this uh, verse 2, it says, looking away from all that will distract unto Jesus. In other words, looking unto Jesus, but looking away from all that will distract. I mean, there are things out there that will try to distract you. I'll try this side. How many know there are things out there that try to distract you? I'll give this side one more chance. How many know there are all kinds of things out there trying to distract you? Yeah. That's the fact, okay? It's out there. Everything's out there trying to somehow get your attention off of the things of God. The word distraction is defi defined as divided attention, okay? Divided attention, okay? Crowded mind, it also means. So how many know you're supposed to stay focused? Is what it says in this verse. Stay focused and avoid distractions. Looking unto Jesus. Everybody say, looking unto Jesus. Amen. If you're going to finish your race, you're going to have to stay focused on Jesus. Thank you for all that enthusiasm. I'm on now. All right. Now, everybody say, stay focused. All right. So I'm going to ask you a question. Who's winning or what's winning in the fight for your attention? Okay. Now, it should be Jesus. You know as well as I do that sometimes things happen, right? Come on now. And pretty soon you're distracted. Now, for whatever it's worth, really a distraction is really nothing more than wrong focus. 
I mean, really. I mean, all of a sudden something gets your attention. Next thing you know, you're, you're, you're focused on the wrong thing. And we might touch on that a little bit here. Uh, but uh, anyway, we're called to stay focused on Jesus. Amen. Now, if the enemy can distract you, you maybe heard me say this many times, if the enemy can distract you, he can destroy you. And many times that's what he's doing. He's just trying to distract you. He's trying to get your attention on something you shouldn't be on, your attention shouldn't be on. Okay? And there's all kinds of things, but uh, anyway, that's what the enemy's trying to do. Just get your eyes off of Jesus. If we can get your eyes off of Jesus, I can sink your boat. Are you with me? I begin to dictate and dominate, and pretty soon he steals, kills, and destroys because our attention's in the wrong place. It's really that simple. I said it's that simple. A lot of uh, individuals over the years, all the uh, spiritual and some of the, uh, you know, even some of our worldly, um, you know, success gurus out there, almost every one of them in all their literatures will talk somewhere in there about focus. Uh, because focus is really about everything uh, when it comes time to success in life. Tony Robbins says this, that your life is controlled by what you focus on. He says, if you focus on your potential instead of your limitations, you will succeed. All right, Bruce Lee. Whoa! Bruce Lee said, a successful warrior is an average man with laser-like focus. Okay. President Donald Trump says, he who focuses the longest wins. Amen. George Lucas says, our focus determines our reality. He goes on to say that your focus is your future. Those who see the picture of a great future then begins to take steps toward it. Are you with me? Everybody say focus, all right? So that's what the Word has to say about focus, all right? Now go with me, if you will, to Matthew 14. Let's take a look at some things here. Are you doing good? Matthew 14. Look at your neighbor and say, stay focused. Okay, Matthew 14, what we got here, I'll probably read the, maybe the kind of bring it into it here. Verse 22, just as immediately Jesus made His disciples get into the boat and, got, uh, and, and go before Him. Uh, go, yeah, go before him to the other side, all right, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. Now, he, when evening came, he was alone there. Uh, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Okay, here we got, we got pressure, we got trouble, we got an issue going on. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus uh, went to them walking on the sea. Okay, that doesn't happen normally. This man is uh, heading where he's got to go, and uh, I think one of the other uh, Gospels brings out there's no other boats. So what do you do? I, well, he's called by God to get to the other side. That's where he sent them. So what do you do if you don't have another boat? Walk on water. Somebody says, ah, no, no, that's what you do. Somebody look, you know, looking at me kind of squirrely, but that's, that's what you do, all right? All right, because it's the word of the Lord to go to the other side. He knew that, all right? So when the, when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a ghost. Now, one of the, one of the other uh, Gospels brings out that he would have just walked right on by him. <laughs> he just walked right on by him. Okay. And so it says here, it says, uh, you know, they were, they were troubled, all right, uh, saying, it is a ghost, and they cried out for fear. 
but immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it's, it is I, do not be afraid. But Peter answered him and said, you know, because Peter always pipes up first, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. Now, what's he supposed to say? I mean, have you ever just stopped and thought about that question? Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. Well, is he supposed to say, no, no, it's not me. I just lied. No, he said, no. Okay. So what's, what's, what's Jesus say now? He said, come. All right. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Why? Because the word was come. So really, he's kind of, he's really walking out on his faith on the word that was spoke. Come on. I mean, we can get in a whole message just on that by itself. All right. So does it say he walked on the water? So does your Bible say that? Mine says that. So he walked on the water, right, to go to Jesus. All right. Everybody say, good boy. But, uh-oh, when he saw that the wind was boisterous, now nothing's changed since he was in the boat. At least, you know, now I don't know, maybe, you know, I don't know how this all worked when Jesus was walking. They've got waves and everything going on. Did he have to step up over every wave or did he just, did it just go flat in front of him? I don't know. My guess is it probably just went, you know, still right in front of him and he just wasn't moved by it. Well, now all of a sudden Peter's out of the boat. Come on. And the word says he, he lost his focus. Anybody with me? So he saw, okay, that the wind was boisterous and he was afraid. So now all of a sudden, now he stepped back out of faith into fear and beginning to sink, he cried out saying, the Lord, save me. And the Lord said, drown. Let's see if anybody's listening. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand, caught him and said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Okay, and that word doubt uh, this is, is, is the, the root on that, and it just means twice or again. In other words, it's referring to a second thought. Why did you have a second thought? Okay. Now, again, if you kind of back up here, it says, he, uh, verse 31, it says, uh, and immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. Now, I always got to, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure Jesus didn't just drag him through the water. <laughs> I don't know. Be one of those things when we get there, we'll probably get to see it, I guess. I don't know. We'll do instant replays or something. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, you know, we don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure, I guess my picture is that when he grabbed him, he's back up on top and, you know, walked back to the boat, praise the Lord. I'm pretty sure he didn't have to, you know, pull him out of the water to throw him in the boat. But somehow it just kind of loses its effect. I don't know. But anyway, uh, but anyway we just know this, that, uh, you know, Jesus, amen, uh, stretched out his hand and caught him, amen, and the boy ends up okay back in the boat now. Are you with me? So why did he begin to sink? He doubted, had a second thought, but what happened then with the second thought, though? He lost focus. See, a lot of times this is how this always works. I said, this is how it always works. It's no different for you and me. You're, you're facing some storm. You're facing some issue some circumstance, and all he's got to do is just, the enemy just tries to stir another thought to get, your, get you off of this onto something else, and pretty soon you lose focus. Now, you might have, you know, you might have been focused on the Lord, 
no matter what you're dealing with or going through, but then all of a sudden, all it takes is just a, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Somebody said something. Somebody did something. Yeah, symptoms. We can go on and on and on, all kinds of stuff. Look at your checkbook, and you know, you're thinking, God's my provider, until all of a sudden you looked at the checkbook, and you go, uh, you forgot. You lost, you lost your focus, okay? So it happens to individuals, amen, all of us have had, had to deal with this, okay? Oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Why did you, why did you take on that thought? Stay focused. Many times the reason we miss out on our breakthroughs and our miracles because we don't stay focused. Stay focused. He's always the healer. He's always the deliverer. He's always the provider. He's always your answer. He's always your wisdom. He's always your counsel. He's always your leader. That never changes unless you're going to get distracted. Look at your neighbor and say, don't get distracted. One of the problems many times is we don't focus on where we're going to. We get more focused on what we're going through. What happens is it begins to mess up where you're headed. One gentleman said it this way. He says, when you focus on problems, you're only going to have problems. Why? Because that's what you're focused on. Okay, well, let's try something else here. See if we can find something else for you. When you focus on possibilities, you'll have more opportunities. One of the reasons that, that, that things happen is, uh, you know, we get so focused on the wrong stuff, we don't give God a place to move and work because now your faith has turned into a thing called doubt and unbelief. Remember how many times does somebody get delivered we can go through multiple references here where he said, your faith has made you well. Your faith has delivered you. So what they did is they just stayed focused. You remember the woman with the issue of blood for 12 years? She did everything, went to every physician she could, spent all her money trying to somehow find some kind of answer, some kind of solution. And they couldn't figure out what it was. And she just had one problem after another. We're talking 12 years of this mess. And one day she found, finds out that Jesus is, is, is in town. And, and, and then she hears he's walking down the street. And the word says that she, uh, you know, she, uh, you know, came up behind him and uh, touched the hem of his garment. Now, uh, you know, a lot of times people kind of get a weird view of that because uh, like they, you know, she didn't go up to him and then kneel down and grab the end of his garment. The word said that people were thronging him, okay, which means that there was no way to get to him. Are you with me? And so when he even said, who touched me, the disciples looked at him like, dude, duh, everybody's trying to touch you. No, no, I perceive that power, virtue has gone out of me. Somebody actually touched me believing for something. And of course, a minute later, he looks around, sees the woman, and of course, she, she confesses. A lot of times, people don't have a, you know, understand what's all going on there. See, she could be stoned for what she's doing because she had an issue of blood. Okay, so she, according to 
according to the time, she was referred to as unclean. So you're not supposed to be out in public, but here she is now going through a mob of people. So it got down to the point that literally she's probably on all four working her way through the feet of everybody else just to reach up and grab anything she can as she got a hold of his garment. And at that moment, she was made well because the word says, she said within herself, if I could just get a hold of that, I'll be made well. And then Jesus makes the statement to her, your faith made you well. Talk about focus. She could have said, oh, gosh, I'll never get in there. There's no way I could. There's people everywhere. and I'm not even supposed to be out here. But she got focused. She got her answer. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Amen. Say, stay focused. Oh, hallelujah. Let's, uh, let's go to the book of Philippians, chapter 3, please. Philippians 3. Hallelujah. Still with me? Am I boring you? All right. I don't want to bore you. I guess I wouldn't send you home anyway. I'll just keep boring you. But I don't want you bored. All right. Philippians 3, common text here, but it says this in verse 12, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on. Say press on. Everybody say focused. But I press on, okay, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. In fact, it actually means this one thing I do. And that's what? Forget those things which are behind and, and reach forward to those things which are ahead. Now, I mean, that's pretty important. Some people don't ever focus on anything that takes them forward because they're too focused on their past. Pretty soon you're so focused on your issue, you can't get past it, and it, it dictates another year of your life. Get past all that. Let it go. Stay focused, amen, on things ahead. You don't live your life staring in the rearview mirror. Anybody with me? All right, but what? We reach forward to those things which are ahead, okay? I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus, okay? That's where you focus. In fact, earlier it says this, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His... See, it's, it's, it's letting it be known the focus is our Lord and Savior. He's our answer. Amen. Stay focused. Run this race staying focused on Him, which means you don't go getting all focused on all the yuck and the mess and the mistakes and the issues and the problems. You are not your problem. You are not your mistake. You are not your past. You are not your history. You are who God says you are. You're the righteousness of God, more than a conqueror, a world overcomer, victorious in Him, chosen, accepted, praise God, hallelujah. Can I hear an amen? amen. Sometimes one of the biggest things that holds us back is we're too focused on the mistakes we've made in yesteryear. And while you stay focused on that, you make another dumb mistake. Listen, we've all had the spirit of stupid get on us. 
We've all been there. Some of you a whole lot more than others, but we've all been there. But you know, don't you know, you stay focused on the results of the spirit of stupid just keeps the spirit of stupid on you. Next thing you know, you're making another dumb mistake. Look at your neighbor, say it's okay to laugh about that. Put it behind you. Amen. God, we've all made mistakes. Good night. Trudy made a whole lot more than I ever did, but <laughs> you all laugh because you know that ain't true. Amen. All right. So it says, therefore, as verse 15, as many of us as are mature. Everybody say mature. Talking about complete. Maturity is talking about. See, part of your maturity is based on how well you can follow this. Paul said this, he said, I got, listen, I, I, I haven't done everything right, I haven't done everything perfect, but he said, I got one thing down. I know how to let go of the past. I know how to move forward. I put one foot in front of the other, amen? What was the old, uh, remember the old uh, Christmas stuff, whatever that was, remember that old song? You put one foot in front of the other, and soon you'll be walking out the door. Well, maybe I shouldn't sing that one. I don't think everybody's going to get them and walk out on me. But it's sometimes it's just a matter of... You'd be amazed how many breakthroughs and miracles you get if you just put one foot in front of the other and keep moving. Stop letting the past hold you back. All right? All right. Praise the Lord. So it says here, part of your maturity is going to be whether you're going to have this kind of mindset or not. And he says, and if anything uh, you think otherwise, God will reveal this even, uh, even this to you. In other words, amen, I mean, you don't let go of anything you've learned. You just, you just keep growing, keep moving forward and make a decision. And if you'll do that, praise God, you're giving God something to do. Now you give God something or uh, room to move. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, that's how you stay. That's, that's a maturity thing. Say it. It's a maturity thing. Amen. If you're going to grow in God, know this. There's many, multiple things in here the Scripture says that determines your maturity level in God. And it's not about how long you've been saved. We've got a lot of people that are still whining in the nursery and they've been saved for 20 years. Look at your neighbor and say, that better not be you. Amen. But part of your maturity level is how well you can let go of the things of the past and stay focused on what you need to stay focused on. Stay focused on the Lord. You all know people who have turned, walked away, walked out of the things of God. Don't raise your hand and don't look or point. But the point is this. We've all, we've all know folks that have been through that. If you stop and look at any of their lives, you, they all have this in common. They lost their focus. They stopped. They got their attention on something else, lost their focus on the things of God. Next thing you know, they're doing things they said they'd never do again. They're saying things they said they'd never say again. They're acting in ways they said they'd never do again. And all of a sudden, here we go again. Somebody say amen. All right. <clears throat> so everybody say stay focused. Hallelujah. So if you're going to press forward, you're going to run this race, you're going to have to stay focused, praise God. Go with me to the book of Luke. Hallelujah. Chapter 10, please.
Luke chapter 10. You know, um, something that was said to me probably about, I don't know, about two weeks back, the Spirit of the Lord in prayer was talking to me about weaknesses and strengths and, and um, uh, just, you know, with individuals. Years ago, we, uh, we did, uh, used to do our SMTI uh, courses, did that for a lot of years. And one of the things that happened uh, during that as, as a leader, you had to, um, you always had to fill out these reports of, of each individual and how they're doing as, you know, these students and how they're doing. And uh, one of the things that would ask, or at least a couple of the questions in, in there was, you know, what is this individual's strengths? And then the next question is, what is this individual's weaknesses? Okay. And, you know, sometimes when you're sitting there, you're thinking, you know, you're, you're looking at people and you, you know, you have to answer this and send it back, you know, about each student. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, what's their strength? So you had to really kind of stop and get kind of focused on, you know, what, what they bring to the table. Not about a critical or anything like that. It's just, it's just seeing strengths and then stopping and seeing their weakness. And after a little while of doing that, I started looking and I started noticing that everybody's weakness is always attached to their strength. So a couple of weeks ago, Spirit of the Lord was talking about weaknesses and strengths, and he said, he said, a person's weakness, the reason they pardon me, a person's strength, those that have a strength, is originated out of himself, out of the breath of God, powered by grace. Everybody's strength is, is originated out of God. Everybody's weakness is originated out of a lack of God. They're not being breathed into. They're not drawn on grace. Are you hearing me? So what happens is that's why even at times a strength in somebody's life can turn into a weakness because they're not keeping themselves focused on the source of strength to keep themselves walking in that strength. Now, the reason I thought that was worthy of bringing up is I think about this race that we're called to run and if we get off of that, pretty soon you're sitting here, you know, you got abilities and strengths and you got callings and, and giftings and you have anointings in your life. Every person has it. But the only way that comes into fruition is spending time with the one that's given it to you. And then that continual, amen, empowerment that we get by spending time with him, letting him breathe into us, letting him grace us to do what we're called to do. Amen. And every weakness is just because it's outside of God. So, look at your neighbor and say, stay focused. Amen. Now, this is a common story when you start talking about focus and distractions. Everybody know Martha, Martha? Now, it happened... This is uh, Luke 10 and 38. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Okay, all right. And there's actually a group of them. In fact, this is all, uh, even Lazarus was uh, brother uh, to Martha and, of course, the sister Mary. Okay, so here's verse 38 now, uh, 39, I mean. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat, here we go, at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Okay, so they're in the house. Okay, so obviously somewhere in the house, probably, you know, we don't know how, you know, I'm sure their homes back then probably, 
you know, weren't necessarily like the homes nowadays, but they might have had a big room on the side, and then they had, uh, you know, the area where they served people. But then there was this room on the side, and obviously they're all sitting there, and Jesus is ministering, and Mary's sitting out there with whoever else is out there. There's probably others in the room with them. And so verse 40 now, it says, But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care? Now think about how stupid this is. Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus said, that's right. Mary, you lazy bum, get your fanny in there and help her. Verse 41. I don't think that's what he said. Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about Many things. She's thinking, no, just one thing. He's going, no, many things. Why is that? Because when you get your focus off of what it should be on, pretty soon everything tries to get your attention. Verse 42. All right, there it is. Jesus answered and said, Martha, Martha, you were worried and troubled about many things. Let's see, is that it? Is that the end of the verse? Let's see. What's that? Oh, 42, I, didn't, I guess I didn't give him that one. He says, but one thing is needed. This is verse 42. And Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. Okay, what did she do? Well, she went in there, sat at his feet, listened to what he had to say. So in other words, she was focused on what she should be focused on. Right? Now, was there things to be done in the next room? We're not denying that. Um, the word says she was distracted with much serving. Is there anything wrong with serving? According to Scripture, I mean, we can all day long give you verses that talk about the importance of serving and staying with it and keep serving and do your part. We can go on and on and on about it. But at that moment, it wasn't the time uh, for her It was to, uh, to do, be doing all that. I mean, making sure the chicken's right or whatever, the taters are right or whatever it is. You know, she was all upset about, she, you know, she's thinking, I got guests here and the master himself is in the house. I mean, I got to make sure everything's good. If I'd have known he was coming, I would have probably dusted this. I probably would have wiped this down. Uh, I probably would have had the dishes done. I would have probably wouldn't have had laundry hanging out everywhere. And Well, nobody wants their laundry hanging out everywhere. We'd all love to have our dishes all done and, you know, and, you know, we'd like to make sure that the food doesn't burn. I mean, you know, see, pretty soon you can, you can have all kinds of excuses to try to justify, you know, to justify why you're not, you know, where you need to be or focused. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Pretty soon we think we're justified, but the problem is you, you lose your focus, and there could be consequences to losing your focus. Anybody hear me? Yes. Now, don't walk out of here saying, that's right. All, every time I serve, it just distracts me. <laughs> that's not what he's saying here. At this moment, you got the master in the house. Everybody else is in there listening to what he has to say. 
And basically what he's saying is, Martha, you need to be in here doing this. Stay focused. We'll help you out with that a little bit. Amen. You know, she thought Jesus was going to, you know, rebuke Mary. And really, to, you know, when you kind of back up even the story, and, and for her to even say that, you know, you don't care. <laughs> you, have, you, you know, you don't even care. I'm like, lady. Come on, right? But you know something? When you're overwhelmed and you're stressed, you say stupid things. Your head ain't where it needs to be. You're stressing out. You're freaking out. You're all under it now. You're overwhelmed. And pretty soon, you, all the thoughts of this and that, and then you add this to the list, and then you're thinking, oh my gosh, I got so much. And so you add another thing to the list, and your list just gets longer and longer. And it's like, nobody understands! <gasps> I'm the only one that does anything! Right. Sure you are. Nobody else ever does anything. Well, I ain't what I meant. Then don't say it! But when you're overwhelmed and stressing out, that's exactly what you begin to do and say. Because you lost your focus on what you should be focused on. Well... Zig Ziglar says this, here's the problem. It's called the lack of focus, not the lack of time, because we all have 24 hours in a day. The problem is we don't stay focused. Ooh. Steve Jobs said, well, he's, of course he's gone now, he said sometimes focus is all about just saying no. Not going to let everything consume me here right now. Not going there. Jesse Duplantis says this. He says, focus eliminates confusion. That's good. See, sometimes we get so wrapped up in everything we're dealing with and looking at that we lose sight of the fact that the source of all answers is the one you need to be focused on. All right, let's look at what the Scripture had to say about some of this. All right, so 2 Timothy 2.4. We're winding down here. Look at your neighbor and say, you're almost through it. 2 Timothy <clears throat> chapter 2, verse 4 says, No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Okay, so he's talking about getting caught up here with practical matters. Okay, just that's what it literally means is practical matters. doesn't mean that everything's bad. The problem is you're all caught up in it now and you're losing sight of what you should be focused on. Come on. Martha had household duties, household matters. Okay, the, we're not denying the fact that those household duties and matters probably needed to be handled, taken care of ultimately. But the problem is you're focused on it instead of what you should be focused on. So pretty soon, it overwhelms you, okay? The main focus is to remain focused on Him. Well, that was good. 
Sometimes the key to concentration is elimination. Maybe there's just too many things on your plate. Or maybe we need to be hearing God about, you know, how it needs to be handled, whatever. Mark 4 and 19 in the Amplified says it this way, we can be distracted with the cares of this world. Talking about business matters. Well, it could be. Sometimes, just, you know, take this and leave it, but sometimes we get more focused on plan B that it distracts us from plan A. Well, anyway, you chew on that one. Many times, as I mentioned earlier about excuses, many times we feel we're justified in our excuses and that we're exempt from consequences. So if you lose focus on what you should be focused on based on some kind of an excuse, you don't realize you're just opening yourself up for another consequence. And your excuse doesn't justify you or somehow eliminate you from that consequence. I don't want to keep you all depressed, but you got to stay focused. Amen. Again, we're not taken away from all the duties and responsibilities and the things that you have to do, and we're not taken away from even all the fun and the things that God, you know, is wanting to bless you with and things in family and all that. You, you ever, uh, you know, in, in, is it Luke? And I don't know if I wrote it down or not. I maybe I did. Um, Luke 14 is one of them. And um, uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and do it. Why not? Luke 14. And he's called everybody to the, the, the Great Supper. And everybody started coming up with excuses. Now, if you read this in full, we find out that the master had no use for all these excuses. And he just calls them excuses. Okay. Uh, 14.8, or 14.18, pardon me. Uh, But they all with one accord began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. I asked you to have me excused. In other words, I got I bought property. I got work here to do. Okay. Um, another said, I have uh, bought uh, five a yoke of oxen, and I'm going to test them, and I ask that you have me excused. So investments, business, hobbies, all kinds of stuff. Listen that, okay? I, I bought a boat. Oh, wait. I, oh, wait. I'm sorry. That wasn't on there. Praise the Lord. I think everybody should have a boat in their garage if they want it. A razor or two or three, a Harley. I think everybody, every guy should have a man cave, every woman a she shed, as long as they don't mix. There ain't nothing wrong with any of this kind of stuff. But the problem is it becomes distraction sometimes. And, and if you're not watching it pretty soon, it becomes a main distraction. And then all of a sudden we got issues now. And still another says, I have married a wife. So he's saying his wife, no. I have married a wife. In other words, marriage, family, commitments. Come on, are you with me? 
Is there anything wrong with having a marriage? Well, there might have been a few. Is there anything wrong with marrying? Is there anything wrong with raising a family? He's not coming against any of that, but the problem is sometimes it becomes your excuse. Get yourself focused. Let God help you in that marriage, help you in that family. Come on, somebody. Let God help you with that business. Let God help you with that responsibility. Let God, I mean, even let God be the one that blesses you so when you're out having a good time, you can have a great time. Amen? I mean, if you're going to go out on the mountain to hunt, you might as well make sure you're on the right side of the mountain. And I found just stay focused on the one you should be focused on. You'd be amazed at how productive you are. You'd be amazed at how much fun you have. You'd be amazed at what you can get done. You'd be amazed at how productive you become as a child of God. Look at your neighbor and say, stay focused. Oh, hallelujah. I thought about reading James 1 and talks about in there about how sin comes about. It's all based on focus. You get focused on the wrong thing. And the next thing you know, you're yielding to stuff you should have never yielded to. Has anybody ever, you know, can attest to that, that that's happened in their life? I can too. You know, uh, you know, years ago, because alcohol was a major problem in my life, um, you know, I got delivered about a few weeks back, and then, um, no. <laughs> I was talking 40 years ago now, but uh, but anyway, uh, uh, you know, I, I was having a lot of issues with it, and so I, you know, I thought, well, I'll just be the designated driver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How'd that work, Jerry? <laughs> I don't know, man. I... I don't know who, how he even got home. <laughs> the point is this, okay? It's like, well, I, you know, it's okay. I can hang out here and hang out there. It's not a problem. No, it is a problem because you're distracted now and you're focused on the wrong thing. And next thing you know, you're going to slide right back into that mess. And we can go on and on and on. Ain't you glad I didn't mention your thing? Come on, but it's about focus. And if you put your attention in something you shouldn't be, it isn't long. Next thing you know, you're doing things you shouldn't have done. You're saying things you shouldn't have said. You're yielding to things you shouldn't yield to. And that's all about focus. It's because our attention or really got distracted from what we should be focused on. Now I'm more locked into this, and here we go again. Aren't you glad you came out on a Sunday morning? Praise the Lord. Give the Lord a praise, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WOVictory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.